Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hair of the Dog podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Bagley. And today we have Angela Schneider on the podcast, and we are going to be talking about the importance of being able to help our clients through their grief journey when you are dealing with end-of-life sessions. And really, quite frankly, this is for anyone, whether you offer end-of-life sessions or not, because a lot of the things that we discuss in this uh, podcast episode really can be put to use during many times in our life, whether they're for photography clients or not. So stay tuned and enjoy. Welcome to the Hair of the Dog podcast. If you're a pet photographer ready to make more money and start living a life by your design, you've come to the right place. And now your host, pet photographer, travel addict, chocolate martini connoisseur, Nicole Begley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hair of the Dog podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Bagley. And today we're here with my good friend, Angela Schneider from Big White Dog Photography and also One Last Network, which we're going to be talking about here in a minute. Welcome, Angela, to the podcast. Hey, Nicole. How you doing? I'm doing so well. It's so good to see your face. And I guess for all of you guys out there, hear your voice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting used to the sound of my voice on podcasts. It's weird. It is weird. It is weird. You just, you just learn to not listen or just get over it. (laughs) (laughs) The worst is my laugh. I I don't know. Oh, I love your laugh. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It comes from all the way down here. That's the best kind. (laughs) All right. Anyway, there's probably going to be a lot of that laughter on this podcast. I have a feeling, even though we might be talking about some non as laughable things. But before we get into all of that, tell us a little bit about your photography journey, when you started your photography business and kind of what that whole thing looked like. Oh, boy. Well, when people ask me how long I've been taking pictures... I think back to when I would steal my brother's point and shoot, which is on the shelf behind me and take pictures of our rough collie princess. And that evolved into me bugging the photography club teacher at my high school to let me learn on his Nikon film SLR. I'm dating myself. This was the eighties. (laughs) <laughs> I, I was a bit of a high school nerd and I spent a lot of time in the dark room and I just loved it. I love the smell of fixer. I am so strange like that. And it evolved into a journalism career, um, mostly sports journalism that took me from Nova Scotia to Newfoundland, British Columbia, and Alberta. When I moved to Alberta though, I joined the Calgary Sun and we had a, I, I always had to do my own photography working in small town newspapers Mm -hmm. and we had such a large photojournalism staff that I didn't need to do any of my own photography. So I got rid of all of my film gear, mostly because I was sick of it too. After Mm. 13 years of having to do. And having to shoot what you were covering, not necessarily shooting what you wanted to be shooting. Yeah. I mean, I loved, I loved shooting hockey and rugby and soccer. That's so much fun. I hated the grip and grins. We called them, you know. um, The grip and grin. (laughs) Yeah, grip and grin, check presentations and stand in there. People just stand in there, you know, small town community journalism. Yeah. And then I met Shep. And he changed my world. I had already gotten laid off from the Calgary Sun and he was there, but I jumped into marketing and communications. And from that point, I was embedded in the most soulless industry I could possibly have gotten myself into. It was really funny because it was around about the time that social media was taking off for businesses and marketing. And we preached this word authenticity and there just didn't seem to be anything authentic around marketing and using social media to market. It was Mm -hmm. so unsocial what we were doing. And 
with various other things that happened in my life, I had a bit of a breakdown and I went to see a therapist and she said, what brings you joy? And I said, being out in the mountains with my dog, I had started hiking and Mm -hmm. she was like, go do that and write about it. You're a writer, write about it. And then I'm standing. So that's about the time I launched my first blog way, way back in 2007. And of course, I can't write and not add pictures to my stories. Right. And I had to figure out how to get pictures, but I didn't have a camera because I'd gotten rid of it. So I took my Christmas. I was standing in the, in, in, on the top of a mountain in um, the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, the most beautiful place in the world. And I have this beautiful dog with me, the most beautiful dog in the world. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have a camera. This is stupid. So I went and I took my Christmas bonus that year and I bought myself a Nikon D40. And then it all started. And it all started. And I, yeah. it, I, I want, I love taking picture of the, uh, pictures of the wildflowers in spring. And um, I had an affinity for dead trees. I don't know why. Because um, <laughs> they're all gnarly and they have amazing texture. Yeah. So like, yeah. interesting shapes and stuff. And, and of course, of course, my lens started to find its way to Shep. Right. And I just started taking pictures of him wherever he went and whatever we did. And then he got sick and left my world. And I realized that I had all of these pictures of him and I needed other people to have those pictures of him mm-hmm. or not of him, but right of their dog. Yeah. Of their dogs. And, and I promised him that I would do this. Mm -hmm. that I would figure out a way wherever I was. By that point, I was engaged to my, my now husband, but living in Kelowna, British Columbia. And I started to research dog photography and what was going on in Spokane. And cause I knew I would be living here. And it took me a little while after that to get around to launching the business. Um, I ended up with the most soul sucking marketing job on the planet. And, um, after 18 months of that walked out flipping off my boss. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure no one who knows me is surprised by that story. (laughs) And, and it began and I have found that, creating these images for people is one of the most soul fulfilling things I've ever done. Like even more so than my sports writing days. I thought my sports writing days was what made me a human and and telling the stories of, of athletes all over Canada, but no, this is it. This is yeah, a whole new level. Yeah. It's, it's really just fulfilling work to, to do this and to see the impact that it has on our clients especially when it comes to end of life pet photography. Yeah. When did, when did, (laughs) thank you for that segue. When did, um, when did you start the, the business then? Like, when did you go from just like, Hey, I'm creating this blog to, Oh, I want to do this for other people. Like what year was that approximately? 2017. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll turn that Um, off. So yeah, that was my fifth year. Okay. Gotcha. When did you, was that when you started Big White Dog? Because I remember you rebranded at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I started out as noses and toes. and um, That does not fit you. <laughs> no, doesn't it? <laughs> and that was part of the problem, too, was that uh, it didn't, it, it wasn't that it didn't feel right. It, it wasn't until I started getting my name out there and hearing other people say it. And I always say this, it felt like that pair of underwear that will not get out of your crack. <laughs> I was constantly pulling at it and trying to make it fit. And, and, and then somebody dropped that word on me. And I hate that word. Does it begin with M and it's five letters? 
No. Oh. It's, it's the four letter C word. Oh. Cute. I did. I am dying. (laughs) Yeah, cute would not be anywhere on your brand. Like, let's sit down as Angela and create my brand strategy. Cute, hundred percent. That's the top of the line for me. (laughs) Let's go back to that word, authentic. You're like, all right, this business name, days are numbered. Time to (laughs) rebrand. Yeah, and the pandemic hit. Yeah. And so I wanted it to be more about, I wanted my photography to be more about not just the dog, but also the location. Yeah. I do live in a very beautiful area of the world. Right. It's not the Rocky Mountains, but it'll do. (laughs) Uh, and i you know people would always comment like you have the greatest locations yeah i chose to celebrate that by rebranding and of course the name comes from the two beasts that drive me every day shep and bella and um I think it just better exemplifies who I am and what do I, what I want to achieve. Well, and I think that also goes into how you have like a lot of people, especially when they're starting out think, Hey, my target market's anyone that has a dog yeah. and you know, cause we're like, yeah, we just want to photograph whatever. But now like you've niched your business into, yeah, you have an adventure dog. Like, yeah, okay, you you might photograph a chihuahua, but most likely you're photographing bigger dogs that are out there that people have bought as hiking partners, like that they, you know, adopted to go out and explore the wilderness. So you, all of your messaging, all of your design, your website, all of those things can consciously and subconsciously talk to those adventure dog owners, really. Yeah, and it continues to evolve as your business should, Mm -hmm. because I'm finding myself even more niching toward women who find their confidence Mm -hmm. and their power by being with their dog and by doing things, by doing dog things with their dog. Right. Because that's what happened to me. Yeah. And as much as we say you are not your ideal client, I kind of am. Right, right. I, I need to look for people like me. And mm-hmm. so that's where my messaging is going to start to evolve even more to attract those women who just invest their everything in their dog. Yeah. Because their I dogs love that. aren't just their best friends, their dogs are their soulmate. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I love that so much. And that just goes to show, too, because people start to get all concerned of like, oh, there's so many more pet photographers popping up in my market now. Like, that's not a bad thing that that increases the awareness. that This is a legitimate thing that people aren't like, hey, is it weird that I'm getting my dog photographed? And then people start searching for, hey, let me look and see what pet photographers are out there. And then they start to see, and when you dive into that messaging and like figuring out who it is you really want to serve, you are speaking directly to that person and they are not going to hire anyone other than you because you're speaking to them. And I think a lot of people get really scared to get that specific with their messaging, but it doesn't mean like you'll never attract somebody you know, that doesn't just think their dog is family that maybe is like one step down on that messaging that you're going to, you know, that they're just like, yeah, the dog sleeps on the bed, but maybe, you know, it's just, it's, it's just slightly, slightly not that main person you're targeting. Like they still very well might book you. It doesn't mean that you've like said no to everybody else, but absolutely. absolutely. And, um, I have my list of nevers. Yeah. Oh, this is a good conversation too, is to have that 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 no list yeah and it and it isn't just weddings and newborns jesus christ don't let me near a baby (laughs) um but 
I am never going to do a studio shot. I thought yeah. I was going to do studio work. I had the lighting. I had those cheap setups that you get on Amazon for about 50 bucks with the <laughs> continuous lighting. That's absolute <laughs> crap. Don't buy that crap. Um, I'm never going to do studio. Right. I'm never going to do powder shots. People stop putting dogs in unsafe conditions. <laughs> um, I am never, you know, I have my list of nevers. Mm-hmm. I am still going to get people who don't want to do great epic adventures. And that's right. cool. I still want to serve that market. But what I am marketing is epic adventures. Right. Yeah. It gets complicated when I throw in the end of life stuff, because how do I message that? And that's my journey this year is right. marrying the end of life stuff with the epic adventure stuff. Well, yeah, I think there's an an angle there of, you know, oh, oh, I'm even thinking like one last epic adventure with your dog, even if you can't be out hiking, you know what I mean? Like you can still be like, hey, you know, here's all these things that you've always done. Yeah. Like, let's let's remember this, even if we can't go out and do it now kind of thing. So I think that's uh, a and yeah. Um. Gosh, I was going to say something else with that too. Um, oh, question. That's what it was about your end of life. Like, have you, when did you discover that you wanted to kind of serve that market? Was that with the very beginning when, after you lost chef and you were looking back at your images and was like that from the beginning of starting your pet photography business that you knew you wanted to serve? Does anybody really get into this business with the idea that they're going to end up shooting dying dogs. I don't know why. Right. (laughs) Um, so it wasn't a market that I wanted to serve. Yeah. It was a market that I was just naturally serving. I realized in, I think 2018 that 2019, sorry, I realized in 2019 that fully one third of my clients were coming to me for dogs who were in advanced years or diagnosed with a terminal illness. Hmm. And I started reading about pet loss grief, not even thinking about the fact I had unresolved grief issues from Mm -hmm. losing Shep, just that I saw this as a market and wanted to be a better service provider to those clients. Because one of the things, especially since I've dived really deep into this subject, people don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. People find it awkward sometimes to be around people who are in the phase of what I know now to be anticipatory grief. Mm -hmm. Didn't have a name for that up until about a year ago. Um, And we want to, we want to support our clients and we want to say the right thing, but oftentimes we don't know what that is. And to to clarify the anticipatory grief is someone whose dog, they know their days are numbered. So they know that, that, yeah, they're in the last. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and sometimes we do say things and we're well-intentioned around mm-hmm. saying it, but it doesn't land. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I wanted to learn about how to support those people. And I started reading a variety of books. And this is where the discussion starts to get really tough. Yeah. Then my mom died Mm -hmm. and it will be a year on January 28th. And as you can see, it's still difficult. We had a, we had a complicated relationship. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We were probably too much alike (laughs) or I was probably too much like my dad and that drove her fucking crazy. And around that same time frame, this other thing popped up 
and a photographer on the East Coast was giving away sessions to friends and family who who had dying dogs. Mm-hmm. And she's made quite a name for herself and has developed a network of photographers who want to go out and do this um, or people with cameras. Um, and our friends, it, it didn't start to affect me directly, mm-hmm. but many of our friends on the East Coast started to get inquiries around end-of-life pet photography. And when people found out they had to pay these photographers to just show up, and then that they had to expect to pay two grand, 2,500 for artwork afterwards, those people got really rude. They either ghosted our friends or mm-hmm. um, said some very rude things. And we came together, especially the people who belong to the uh, blogging group that I lead. Uh-huh. We came together and, and had a roundtable discussion on what to do. And we came up with messaging on our websites to add and around end of life pet photography art, you know, to better promote our memory sessions. Mm -hmm. But when I got back from Nova Scotia and the, um, the funeral of your mom. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I just had this burning in my brain that there was something else, you know, like I wanted, I wanted to start focusing on everybody's why And I offered the idea of doing those interviews to another pet photography podcast, but got shut down really quickly. They didn't want um, Mm -hmm. other generated content. So I took Bella on one of our favorite hikes. And for whatever reason, when I'm out hiking in the woods, my brain just and and then starts to fill up with crazy ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) Same. (laughs) And the one thing that got into my head was you left the marketing and communications world because you were sick and tired of building somebody else's dream and you wanted to build your own dream. Right. So why in the world would you contribute to someone else's podcast when you can just do your own? Right. And I started coming up with ideas and then the podcast, I, you know, I, I actually started brain dumping everything into a Facebook message to Marika Moffat. Uh-huh. Cause I knew that whatever I was coming up with, it was checking off all of her boxes and she would be like, do it, just do it. Yeah. Just right. It. right. It. <laughs> and, and I came up with the idea to how do I, how do I build this as a business, not just as a podcast to help right. pet guardians with pet loss grief. That's, that's what the pet, that's what the podcast was going to be about. But why do anything if you can't make money doing it? So I came up with the idea to build a directory. Yep. For photographer, pet photographers who want to market pet loss grief and then teach them how to be better content creators, which is one of the things I'm really good at. So I have the framework for that. And then I have a coaching session with Heather Lautman. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this cannot go well. <laughs> or does it? Or does it? <laughs> it just at the time looks like, oh boy. <laughs> and afterwards you're like, oh, that was really good. <laughs> It's like, then you get that massage that like, they're working that one area. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to tell them to stop. That really hurts. That really hurts. Okay. But now it's good. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it feels so good. (laughs) Yep. And Heather said, why don't you go become a grief coach? Yeah. And I was like, what? Wait, what? What? Is is that a thing? (laughs) So I did. 
I am now a master grief coach certified under Kathy Cheshire, a renowned grief expert, and I am a pet loss grief companion certified under Two Hearts Pet Loss Center and Colleen Ellis, who is such an amazing human being. And I am working towards my grief educator certification under renowned grief expert David Kessler. I will be graduating in about three or four weeks. Congratulations. Thank you. And it culminates in me having created my own course to lead pet photographers to be a better service provider for their clients who come to them in the anticipatory grief stages of their pets' lives. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I know this has been, um, you know, because I, I talk to you regularly and work with you closely and hair the dog and all the things. Mm. And um, I know you've been planning to work on this for, I mean, really a year, but really mm. like nine months of like, I don't, I don't think people can appreciate sometimes. I mean, any of you guys, actually, a lot of you probably can, because go back to when you first started to think like, hey, I want to build a photography business. Like every minute of your day often is your brain thinking about that project and what's next and what am I working on and what, how is this going to work? And what about that? And what about this? And I mean, this is no different now. It's just, you have two businesses that you're constantly mm. thinking about <laughs> yes. like that. <laughs> so those walks in the woods become even more important because oh your brain God. just can't slow down otherwise. And I can't go for a walk in the woods right now because Bella is recovering from TPL. She'll be better soon with her little, her special little, what's it called? Uh, support. Yes. My ESD. <laughs> I, I'm one of those people that has to keep a notebook nearby, even, yeah. even for the 2 a.m. wake-ups. Mm-hmm. Because something will strike. And yeah. And the 2 a.m. wake-ups, like, if you don't write it down within five minutes, it's gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're like, what the... No, <laughs> <laughs> I find that I get some of my most inspired ideas is that like, I usually wake up, you know, cause I'm, I'm in my mid forties now. So like my kids like to laugh at me that I can't sleep like all night without having to get up and use the bathroom at some point. And really it's like, I probably could go back to sleep except then I lay there and I'm like, well, you're just going to have to like, you're going to get woken up again to have to go to the bathroom soon. So you might as well just get up and do it now. Um, anyway, this is getting to be too much information for a podcast, but I find that the time after that and when I like go back to sleep, it's so it's like, dream sleep, but still, I guess, kind of light enough that I'm waking right back up through it. Like, man, I get some great ideas, not to toot my own horn, but like my dreams create some good ideas. <laughs> and I need to write those down immediately. Cause then they're gone. Stop making new businesses, Nicole. I know. I know. I'm, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> Neither am I. I got the message from downstairs. Like no more new businesses. <laughs> I want to spend time with your family. Oh, who is that? <laughs> what do I hear something? <laughs> so I, 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 do, I do want people to know that I didn't just launch this course willy nilly, just like you didn't launch Harry right. Dog willy nilly. I, I gathered together some founding members, a few of whom have since dropped off, but because of time or, or involvement, desire or what have you. But I, I initially conducted the grief training for a group of six pet photographers who are my founding members. And they also get to contribute to the podcast at onelastnetwork.com. And so since then, uh, Jessica Wasik has started marketing herself as a pet loss grief specialist and her inquiries have doubled. Wow. But, She's um, a rock star, that oh. one. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to you, Jess, if you're listening. Oh my gosh, her energy. <laughs> I turned 52 this year, Nicole. Oh, I can't send you the Sally O'Malley um, 50 Saturday Night Live skit. And no, I like to kick, stretch, and kick. Okay, everybody's homework right now is to go to Google right now. Like, pause this podcast, open up your, your um, Google or Safari or whatever, and search SNL, I'm 50. 
Uh, you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> so my my certification under two hearts came after I created the initial grief training course. And so everything that I learned from Colleen is now incorporated into the pet loss grief training and it will evolve again yeah. as I continue to learn just as you continue to evolve the academy. But the feedback that I've gotten is that people feel more confident going into their end of life pet photography sessions that they're not going to say stupid shit. Right. And they right. know how to uh, give a little support that uh, our training is based around storytelling mm-hmm. and what's called the continuing bonds theory, where when we create memories, i.e. epic adventures with our pets, we can use those stories and memories as healing vehicles in the days, months, and years following their loss. Yeah. So I love it. I mean, that makes total sense. You know, you look back on all the, the great memories for anything, you know. Yeah. For the longest time I couldn't I couldn't look at pictures of Shep. Mm-hmm. I couldn't look at them, especially the ones from his last few months, because yeah. I am a cle I am a walking friggin' cliche. I I have lived in the guilt world around mm-hmm. Shep for a very long time. Whenever I would see photos of him from his last few months. I would beat the crap out of myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't see it. Why was I so stupid not to see it? Why didn't I get him to the vet sooner? Why? How could I? Blah, blah, blah. Just beat the crap out of myself. Oh, I have forgiven myself in so many ways since I started my grief training. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to change. Beating yourself up is not going to change anything. No, it's not going to change anything. And, And the guilt is just us. It's, it's having regrets. Right. And, and if we can, if we can help our clients through those stages and let them know that what they're going through is normal and um, what they're feeling is normal, mm-hmm. we can help them get on a path to healing mm-hmm. and maybe not have them exist in the world of guilt that I did. Right. For the last eight years. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's a huge, it's a huge service and need to offer. I just had actually a, a client from, oh gosh, must've been mid, mid teens client. So a client that I had in 2015, probably maybe even 2014, I think probably 2015, uh, their dog had passed away and she sent me an email just this past year saying that, you know, they lost their dog and, um, you know, for the longest time, she just couldn't look at the the photo that we had that she had, you know, upstairs on her wall. And, but now, now she has started to again, and she's like, so thankful to have them, you know? So it like goes, goes round full circle, you know, that you go through that point of, um, and probably it's probably helpful too to be able to, you know, you don't want to warn your client, Hey, this artwork that you just paid a lot of money for at one point, you're not going to want to look at it, but you are going to in the future again, like you can't say it like that, but there's definitely ways by understanding how this process works that you can, you know, set up expectations and just like, just serve your client better. Uh I, I have a plan to invite one of my pet lost grief specialists who is also a sales expert mm, to come mm-hmm. in and do a workshop with us to help us refine our processes around sales. That's huge because I hear that as a, a challenge a lot of times where maybe you do the session and then, you know, maybe the pet passes away before you're able to have the sales session. And then you feel like as a photographer, it's like an immediately, at least for me, goes to like, not that I don't think I'm taking advantage of anyone, but it just, it, it no longer feels fun. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? It's like, yeah. Oh God, what are they thinking? Like, 
you know, they're upset. How are they going to look at these? Are they going to pay me now for pictures? But of course they're still worth something. You know, it's all of these things get unlocked in that situation where we're all just a hot mess. (laughs) Yeah. And you should still get paid for your work. Right. Yeah. Keeping in mind that you are providing a service Mm -hmm. to that client still. And while it may be tempting to give away the farm, you've invested so much in your photography business Mm -hmm. that you should get paid. And you have to remember that vets don't do euthanasia for free. Right, right. The urn that Shep's ashes are sitting in was not free. Right. The cremation was not free. Right. None of these things are free. So we shouldn't be expected to do our photography for free. Yeah. And I I think a lot of that is our own permission because a lot of it doesn't even come from the clients expecting things to be free. More from us thinking like, how can I charge someone in this situation for something that I love to do and like, I want them to have these things. So, and, and it doesn't quote cost me anything. It's just quote my time, you know, and some digital files. So we get all up into the shame guilt spiral of like, well, who am I to charge them? Just as an important service as anybody else on that list that you just mentioned. I'll tell you what, my time Mm -hmm. is worth something. Right. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ma'am. And I, I don't know a single one of my member photographers who don't take a little of their profits and turn it into a gift for those clients. Mm -hmm. Right. One of the things we really want to stress in a lot of our messaging too, is to not wait. Yeah. Gosh, don't wait until your your dog has a tumor exploding out of its shoulder. Mm-hmm. Let's do this when they're young and happy and healthy and bouncy and 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 we'll we'll still get together again for your end of life session because those those are vital. They really yeah. are. Those those last few days. But gosh, get it done. Yeah, I mean, speaking from someone that lost their six-year-old dog in five days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you never know when it's going to mm-hmm. happen. You don't. And and that's the other reason, too, why it's important for us to charge. Mm-hmm. We can think that our dog is near his time. But one of our member photographers had her client reach out and say, I can't remember the dog's actual name. We'll call him Chief. Because <laughs> that was the first dog my family ever had. <laughs> it's my default, my default name. I like it. Dog. That's a good default Chief. name. <laughs> Chief is still around. Yeah. Chief Chief went through chemotherapy and is in remission. Isn't that fantastic? Yes, yeah. it is fantastic. Now, can you imagine if you had done that session for free? Right. 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 Uh huh. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that, you know, we need to get a death watch certificate or something from a vet. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's why it's so important that we charge because it, you don't know. Right. And I, it's, it's really easy to, to, I think, start that off with like, oh, well, I'll just do it this one time. But, oh, oh one man, time like two times and two times. Uh, exactly. Times and, then, and then you get to the point where you're resentful. And that's no way to serve the client. You know, you don't want to serve a client in that kind of space from a place of resentfulness. Well, I look at I look at these people with cameras that are running out and doing these sessions for free. And if they're doing them every weekend, boy, oh, boy, are they going into burnout fast. Right. Yeah. And then you can't serve anybody. Right. Then yep. you're done. You hate your camera. You throw mm-hmm. it away. Mm-hmm. You get rid of it like I did. Yeah. In the, the, the 2000s. So 2000s, yeah. I got rid of it. 
Mm, yeah, it, it doesn't, I mean, it, it, it is a service and it's an important service. And the other thing I wanted to mention about it too, from a business aspect is that I remember how social media disrupted industries, mm-hmm. uh, particularly my two main industries. First journalism, right. Right. social media has damn near destroyed newspaper journalism right? and completely overhauled marketing and communications. Mm-hmm. So disruption is a good thing. They provide a service to the point where we have to remember that the people who are using their service are not our client. Mm. And I learned that from a very smart individual named Nicole Leonard Begley. (laughs) (laughs) Not every person is your client. Right. And there was something else there. Well, can I just add on to that too, that it's the same thing as when we see this new company come through and it's like, Hey, here's free shoots and $15 digitals and this and that. Like you guys, it's not worth your stress to worry about what anyone else is doing. Period. Doesn't matter. Like does not matter. They're going to get burnout. Like their, their quality is not going to be as good. Like there, there's going to be something. There's always something that you have that is going to be above that and worth charging for. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. No, I'm just kidding. I just wanted to go straight into Ferris Bueller there. Um, no, but uh, oh God, what was I going to say? And I'll say it again. Oh, I know what it was. There's always room at the top. There is always room for providing a business and a service of unparalleled quality, of great images, beautiful artwork, and just service in being able to connect with your client. I mean, people are busier than ever these days you know i feel like we all slowed down during the pandemic and we're like oh this is nice and then all of a sudden now it's like we're times 10 speed we're like oh my god what is happening and we were used to that like really slow like oh i have nothing on my calendar for the next five months (laughs) like like it's pretty open (laughs) to every minute being scheduled so people are busier than ever and they're willing to pay for someone to deliver them a higher quality service product and take care of all the details for them. Total sidebar. Yeah. You want to know one of the most important things the pandemic taught me? What's that? How much I hate bras. (laughs) And buttons. Oh my God. (laughs) Currently wearing leggings. Yes. Thank you very much. Pajama pants. <laughs> oh, even better. I have the leggings on because Cammy's a daycare on Tuesday, so I had to leave the house and drop her off with her trainer because um, we're learning. We're learning some things. <laughs> one of the things we have to, one of the ways we have to look at disruption is as an opportunity. Oh, 100%. This is an opportunity for mm-hmm. us to look at our industry and our businesses and ask ourselves, how should we be messaging our businesses better mm-hmm. or how should we be providing a better service mm-hmm. to help to educate these clients with anticipatory grief for their pets, educate them on why they should be using a professional pet photographer and learning how to be a better service provider for them. Mm-hmm. By joining One Last Network and taking the grief training. (laughs) (laughs) Shameless plug. Uh, Totally works. Um, Yeah. Absolutely. It's an opportunity. Thank you. There's always that that gal over on the East Coast. Thank you. Because not only has it, not only has it, um, I mean, it's a very small part of what I'm doing now. My mom, my dad, and, and Shep are the primary drivers behind this project. Right. But thank you for kicking me in the ass and, and like showing me that this is, this is where I should be. And, and thank you for showing these teeny little cracks in our industry that we can fill Mm -hmm. and improve our industry and business. 
No, I am a firm believer that any disruption is always an opportunity. Yeah. You might not want to deal with that opportunity right now, but, um, but it always is. I think we're going to see a lot of that rise over the next couple of years with all this AI stuff. Um, there's just, it's, and I, people were scared when the digital camera came out, when it went from film to digital, then people were scared when like, you know, the moms with the cameras started going. And then there are people were scared that there's always some reason yeah. that our collective industry and really the whole world for any industry you pick wants to like run screaming saying it's all going to end. It's all going to end We're we're all doomed. Like you can, you can think that, mm-hmm. but how's that going to serve you? Mm-hmm. How's that actually going to help you compete? Or you can say, okay, this is the situation. How do I rise above it? How do I invent my business? How do I change my messaging? How do I reach my people that can, you know, really truly benefit from what I'm offering? Mm-hmm. There's always a way. Uh, people are going to be surprised by this. I am a prolific blogger. Yeah. I am I am a writer of 30 plus years. I am so addicted to chat GPT right now. Oh my God, me too. And when I can't get on, I'm really sad. <laughs> I am shameless about throwing topic ideas in there and getting a framework for a blog post. A hundred percent. And then I've been using it for brainstorming too. Yes. Like I still, you know, used to just have to go to thesaurus, but now I would start there and then like, give me 10 ideas for this. Oh, give me 10 more ideas for this. Do, oh. Do, do. Oh, I'm so looking forward incredible. to the Academy webinar on, on AI because oh, I want yes. to where she is going with it. Uh-huh. Because I'm using it already. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I love ideas. So yeah. Oh, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And um, the the saddest I was is because recently they just, um, you know, they've been so busy because everybody's starting to use it. Mm. And then I couldn't get my saved ones because like, oh, look, it's saving. Oh, and then I couldn't get them like, where did they go? So now I copy and paste anything that I want to hang on to. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> my one note is full. I know. I'm like, I will gladly pay for this. Let me pay so I can have access. <laughs> my husband is... Um, retired from high tech and uh-huh. his, his last several years were um, based in coding artificial yeah. intelligence. So he knows all about it. And uh-huh. he all, he has long since been poking at me and going, I can write a script to replace you. <laughs> in my copy yes, edit. you can, but it's only getting 90% of the way there. It still needs some magic. I'm a part-time copy editor at the local newspaper here in Spokane. And, and he says that um, he can write a, a a code to replace me. And I looked at him and I go, dude, (laughs) newspapers are still trying to catch up to 2005. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you're yeah. You got a while for this one. (laughs) I have a job until at least 2040. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Hysterical. Oh man. All right, to wrap this up, this has been a fun conversation here. Let's wrap it up. Other than checking out One Last Network for people to to come and, um, you know, get better at their offerings for for serving this type of client, uh, is there, do you have one or two kind of tips you want to leave somebody with uh, that, you know, is is serving this? Yes, I do. Serving this market, yeah. Yes, I do. First of all, the grief training is available on demand. You do not have to be a member of One Last Network to take the grief training. It is more expensive to not be a member and take the grief training. Um, our The grief training is $400. To become a platinum member, it is $300. Platinum membership includes grief training. Mm-hmm. Um, we also offer our platinum members the opportunity to submit to the bot podcast So that also comes with geo exclusivity so that we are not watering down the content. So our platinum members get to declare their counties. Mm. And if someone applies and wants to own that county, they cannot. Um, They will be invited to silver membership instead. And then we'll have to pay extra for the grief training. But my one big tip is to just shut up and listen. When you're at a session with a client who is in the anticipatory grief stage, and this can apply to any session, Mm -hmm. honestly, 
shut up and listen to your client. Let your client tell their story. This is not about you. One of the, one of the things we often default to when we're talking to people in grief is, I am thinking about you. Mm-hmm. I know when that happened to me, I, no, no. It was not about you. It is about your client. Let your client tell their story mm-hmm. and give them the space to tell that story and a non-judgmental space. I don't expect any of us to be judgmental, judgmental, right. judgmental, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's all oh good. God. We know what you mean. I don't expect any of us to be <laughs> judgmental around pet loss grief. I like judgmental better. <laughs> <laughs> we all understand that we shouldn't be saying, well, what are you worried about? It's just a dog. Right. Yeah, none of us would actually say that. Honestly, I will punch any pet photographer in the throat who dares to say that. (laughs) But they do have people in their lives who may have said Mm -hmm. inappropriate things to them. So give them an open, compassionate, non-judgmental space to tell their story and leave yours at home for an hour. Mm -hmm. That's all. Yeah. I love it. Is there a way like when they're telling their story that you can support them and basically say like, Hey, I get it. I've had that too. Um, without hijacking it for your story. Yes. And you can learn all about that in the grief training on one last network.com. <laughs> going to leave us hanging like that. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Nicole, I can't give away the farm. <laughs> right, so we were talking about this whole time. <laughs> All right, well, Angela, this has been a great conversation, and I know that um, a lot of our people will find it super helpful. So, um, you guys go check it out onelastnetwork.com. Angela, your photography is bigwhitedogphotography.com. It is. Yeah, perfect. And um, yeah, so go connect, and then you can connect on Instagram. What are your Instagram handles? At Big White Dog Photography and at One Last Network. And all of this information will be in the show notes that I write. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you. That's my because, part-time job. Because <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert, um, you guys would never get an email from me if I had to write it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, if you guys want your emails on Tuesday, this this is what happens. So. <laughs> Write a good one here, Angela. I will. I will. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. It's only your podcast interview. Oh. <laughs> oh. I might All have right, to guys. have a whiskey first. <laughs> I love it. All right, everybody. We will see you next week. Have a good week. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Hair of the Dog podcast. This was episode number 176. If you want to check out the show notes for access to any of the resources we mentioned, simply go to www.hairofthedogacademy.com slash 176. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hair of the Dog podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please take a minute to leave a review. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our upcoming episodes. One last thing. If you are ready to dive into more resources, head over to our website, at www.hairofthedogacademy.com. Thanks for being a part of this pet photography community.